Cheers. Welcome to the Brewery Brothers Podcast. Today we're visiting Great Beer Project in Muskegon. What's up, Pat? Hey, Terrell. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How was your week? It was a, a long, hot week in the sun. Okay. It's good, man. Long, hot week in the sun. Are you ready for today? Uh, definitely. All right. I think today's going to be a pretty sweet episode, man. We got a nice breeze going on. We got the seagulls going in the background. We're right here off the lakeshore in Muskegon. Yeah, this is like perfect. Like, the, uh, they do cruise ships. I mean, this has got to be a destination for those cruise ships. Oh, yeah. They come downtown. They come right to Rake. Check it out. Have a few, yeah. few cold ones. Hey, I wanted to say uh, special thanks to the founder of the Burning Foot Beer Festival, Alan Serio, for sitting down with us last week. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think we learned a lot from him last week, don't you? Most definitely, man. He's a pretty cool cat. Yeah. I think uh, I, I think I'm, I'm really hopeful that we'll be able to work with him again soon. Oh, yeah. So, Terrell, where can people find us on social media? Oh man, you can find us at the uh, on Facebook at Brewery Brothers Podcast, Instagram at Brewery Brothers Podcast, and Twitter at New Brew Bros. Um, and also, you can email us at brewerybrothers two three one at gmail And also, we've just launched our. Uh, we just started. Yeah. Building our new our website website, and it'll redirect you back to our Facebook page. But if you have any issues finding this, brewerybrothers.brew. Yep. Check us out. Dot beer. Dot beer. Yeah, brewerybrothers.beer. Brewerybrothers.beer. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I've had like a 10% so far, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, don't forget our toast challenge. See who does the better toast. Write in. Let us know who's better. I think I'm leading the lead in that. What are we, like three, three and oh? I think it's like one and one. <laughs> so... Or you can write in with your own toast like Chris Spink did. He wrote in into our Facebook group. Shout out to Chris. With a toast that I have to pull up. And by the way, I'm drinking out my um, uh, mug from Dugout Mugs. Man, it, it's I'm drinking a Small World IPA um, from Rake. Uh, I don't know, man. It's, I don't know if it's a combination of the mug and the brew but this is pretty amazing yeah and sitting out in the sun <laughs> yeah man awesome. this is good with the breeze yeah so chris wrote in and said i rode the rails i've flown the skies i've sailed the deep blue seas but a whiskey glass and a woman's ass always made a fool out of me i mean that's that's pretty good chris pretty well good job chris. <laughs> you got a, a long way to go to get to our level but that's pretty good man yeah. Yeah, you're not top tier yet. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, and, Terrell, we've got some iTunes reviews. Oh, read. yeah. You want me to go through those real quick? Yeah, run through those. Yeah. You know, uh, we could have been prepared and had all these printed out. <laughs> so, uh, Logwa, that's a weird name, said, honestly, the best podcast ever. This podcast is the best. Smiley face. Uh, Shout out to you. Uh, Splodge231. It's <coughs> kind of a cool name. Fantastic. Great podcast. The guys are really funny, and you can tell they have a passion for craft beer. There we go. Uh, someone with the letters 
GRJJH1977 wrote in saying, love this, keep it up guys, and I look forward to hearing more from the more out of the way places we can visit. Well, I tell you what, GR, you gotta check out Rake. Uh, Doomsday Margot wrote in fun, very informative. Can't wait to hear more breweries to visit. Guys, write in, like give us a rating and a review on iTunes, we'll read it out and uh, give you credit and credit those toasts. So, today we are joined by Joshua Drake. Not Drake, Rake. Rake. <laughs> yeah. Or just say Drake. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. So, um, you know what I'm going to ask you, Pat? What? You got to introduce him a lot better than that, I man. Do. You got to build it up, man. You got to you yeah. gotta go. Wow. We need a good uh, Give us introduction. Give us a little bit Something positive? Yeah, man. So if he's the... If he was... Here we go. A sh- the sheriff in Deadwood. Okay. He'd be our, our Wild Bill Hickok today. Okay. He's got that look right now. <laughs> okay. He's got the hat on, the glasses. I like those shades, man. The, the, Thank you. Thank the you. mask, handkerchief around his neck. That's it. Got to stay safe. Yes. Social distancing and uh, mask. That's how we're going to make it out of this thing. Yep. Yeah, hopefully sooner Absolutely. than later. Sooner than later. Much sooner than later. Definitely sooner. So, Josh, first of all, that's a pretty cool last name. Thank you. I've I'm, I'm always been glad to have it. Rake. <laughs> Easy to remember. Like, sure. no one messed with you in school. <laughs> Not not really, not for that. No, I remember. I remember. I run. I won a spelling bee like in second grade, and that was the that was the word that I had to spell in like second or first or second grade. Rate. Really? How'd you, you preparing for this day? I did good, man. You did. It was rate, and I'm. I went up there and nailed it. R a k e. I was gonna say, did you forget the e? No. <laughs> they went crazy, man. It's a spelling bee. All right. So before we get into this uh, awesome flight of beers that you poured for us. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your history with brewing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm Josh Rake, uh, owner, proprietor, head brewer, uh, all the above here at Rake Beer Project in uh, lovely Muskegon, Michigan. Um, born and raised here, um, city I love, and I've always been very, very happy to have, have had the opportunity to come back, represent our city with what we think is beer that people um, can find joy in all around, you know, so, <clears throat> so that's a little bit about me, um, my, my brewing background, um, I've got quite a, a varied brew, brewing background, um, I've been in the industry for about six, six years now, seven years, something like that, um, uh, started at a really small brewery called The Gallery in Lansing, okay. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, but it's, it's out of business now, um, uh, but it was just still a tiny little brew pub out there. Um, I started serving, actually, when I was in college. I was going to college for political sciences, working at the Senate, working at, um, you know, working in the government out there. Um, got that job, realized that there's no money to be made in political sciences unless you're uh, not a very good person, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, so I decided I didn't want to do that, and I really fell in love with the beer uh, industry while I was there. Um, I was really lucky that the guy, Jared Green, hey, Jared, uh, if you're listening, um, he, he kind of let me start 
cleaning with him and learning the brewing process from him and stuff like that, uh, which which helped me to have enough on my resume to get a job at Jolly Pumpkin, okay. which is, uh, in my opinion, one of the best breweries in the world, the originator of American Sour Beer. Um, you know, he was the first all-oak fermented brewery in, in the in the country. Oh. Um, Where is that located? Uh, Jolly Pumpkin is... Uh, they're based out of Ann Arbor. The production facility is in Dexter, okay. Michigan. But they have a bunch of different brew pubs all around uh, the Midwest now, actually. Okay. Um, and they focus on uh, oak-aged wild beers. It's pretty much all they do there. Actually, it's not pretty much all they do. It is all that they do there. I think recently they've begun um, some clean beer in cans. I think IPAs and stuff like that that they've been doing. But when I was there, it was strictly sour beer. <laughs> Um, which was an incredible experience, and it really opened my eyes to the um, kind of the world of uh, high-end craft beer and like niche craft beer and stuff like that. You know, something a little bit more, um, something a little bit more intentional in, in uh, flavor profile and um, and that kind of stuff. You know, they do a lot of blending there, which is a pretty delicate process. Um, and just being able to see that and uh, work with Ron. Um, I didn't work with him a lot, but as the owner, I, I really appreciated the fact that he was in there working every day with us. You know, he, he brewed all of his own beer um, on his system for Jolly Pumpkin. And um, being able to see somebody like that who I had always heard about and read about um, as being one of the pioneers of American craft beer uh, really sparked just something in me that, you know, said I want to do this eventually by myself. And um, so I took that experience, and uh, from there I was I was doing a lot of packaging there, cellar work. I started in the warehouse there, so I've, I started in basically the the bottom tier of craft beer. Yeah. Especially when it comes to like a large brewery like that, a warehouse is a very entry level position. And uh, was able to be trained in the cellar. Was able to do a little bit of stuff actually on the brew house, just um, you know, kind of offhandedly a little bit there. And. Um, and really enjoyed my time there. Um, and what I was able to do then was move to New Holland, which is, uh, you guys probably know about New Holland. Definitely. I think pretty much everybody knows about New Holland. Uh, was able to move there and start brewing uh, commercially on their on their uh, 50 Brow Brew House. Um, had a great time working there, and uh, beyond that, I learned a, a lot <coughs> there. Um, uh, it was an incredible, incredibly fast-paced, very hard-working environment um you know at any given day i could be running a 50 barrel brew house by myself wow and so you're basically forced to learn on the spot and come up with different uh solutions to problems that you might have and if you don't you're going to lose 50 barrels worth of wort which is thousands and thousands of dollars worth of uh, raw material you know so yeah. um it was a really high pressure job well paid yeah um uh, but that then led me to being able to meet the Old Nation guys. The Old Nation guys um, are of the M43 fame. Um, they were kind of the first on the New England uh, IPA, you know, wagon here in Michigan. Yeah. And I think that, in my opinion, they kind of perfected that style for what we want to see in Michigan of that. Um, I met them while I was working at New Holland at different festivals and stuff, and um, they ended up asking me to come on and uh, work in their brew house there. Um, which was the most recent place that I worked before opening this spot. Um, Old Nation, I, I tell everybody, was kind of pivotal pivotal in me having the confidence to open my own place. Uh, Nate uh, Rixie, who is the owner of, of uh, Old Nation with his wife, Camilla, uh, were incredibly good people that uh, kind of gave me the respect 
and the leeway to start sort of seeing in myself that I was um, a competent brewer. And, you know, um, and then uh, Nate Rixie was the head brewer there, and he um, was letting me come up with my own recipes and that kind of stuff. And um, they really just respected me as a, as a brewer, as a person, and kind of, um, as I said, gave me that confidence to say, you know, I can, I can strike out and do this on my own here. Okay. Um, you know, I did... I don't know if they want to know this or not, but I did basically the entire business plan for this brewery while I was on the clock brewing at Old Nation. Okay. <laughs> um, so well, sorry about that, guys. Yeah. yeah, but they were great, and they've uh, they've been supportive of the, of this process, you know, from the beginning. Um, and I have a lot to tell with them, those guys, um, for what they helped me with, and yeah. you know, giving me that confidence, you know. And so, yeah, they'll definitely be proud of what you what you got going on here, man. I hope so. I know Nate probably hates a lot of this. Or I know uh, <laughs> not Nate. Uh, Travis probably hates a lot of the beer that I make. Uh, or he doesn't maybe hate it, but he's a traditional German. Um, okay. You know, he he uh, traditional German brewer, and he's very. From what I know of him, he's very much down the line with styles and stuff like that. And so, uh, so I hope Nate, if or Travis, if you're not, if you're listening to this, I hope you're not uh, cringing every time you see any of our new beers coming out. Here. <laughs> Give uh, it a chance, we, man. Give it a chance. <laughs> yeah, because we like to, you know, push styles and have fun with things. You know, yeah. and, uh, we don't really look to style guidelines for anything, and we want to kind of find our own lane with a lot of these different styles. Yeah. You know, so, um, so yeah, we have a lot of fun. But that's that's my background in brewing. That's awesome. Um, I was really lucky to work for some of who I think are, you know, the pioneers of Michigan craft beer, of American craft beer. I mean, for the time being, I mean, you got quite a bit of, you touched quite a bit of uh, experience in that little bit of time. So, I mean. A lot of experience, a lot of liquid. Yeah. Yeah. Very quick. Yeah. 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 So, it was great. And, you know, I was really, I was just really fortunate with how it all worked out to be able to kind of work for those places in such a short amount of time in the industry, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think that it had a lot to do with the fact that I, I went into the industry knowing that I eventually wanted to open my own brewery. Yeah. And so uh, I dropped out of school to get into craft brewing. And so I always told myself, you know, um, if I'm going to drop out of school, I need to treat this job like it's school and, you know, constantly be learning, uh, which I think helped kind of um, motivate me to go, you know, to at least uh, try to learn as much as possible from every, every place that I worked at, you know, so yeah. I picked up the sour beer at, at Dolly Pumpkin, you know, I tried to learn a lot about that there, I picked up stouts and uh, that kind of stuff at uh, New Holland, and mm-hmm. then I picked up the IPAs at Old Nation, which I felt gave me a pretty well-rounded uh, background in brewing, and then now I take what I learned from all those places and uh, make it your own. mash it up into one little break beer project thing here, you know. Dude, so. that's, that's pretty awesome. We've heard a lot of good things about Ray. Which is why we wanted to get in. Oh yeah, awesome. definitely. Oh, very glad to hear that. Um, before we get into some of your favorite kinds of beers, let's uh, let's start this flight that you brought out for us. Yeah, it's totally. too warm. Um, why don't you walk us down the line? All right. Well, let's end with that line. Let's end with that. With that, because it kind of progresses in flavor as we go. Okay. Okay. And um, I always like to, if someone's having a flight, I like to start them with. Um, with the less intense beers and then end with the more intense beers okay. so that you okay. don't wash out your taste buds as you go yeah. here. Okay. Um, so we can start here with the mint seltzer. Right here? Yep. Mint so we do, seltzer. Yeah, we do make uh, hard seltzers here, which uh, I kind of tried to hold off on as long as I could. You know, to me, I was always like, you know, White Claws are stupid. Uh, but then I started trying White Claws. <laughs> And I was like, you know, it's not that bad. If, if, I can, if I can make this myself and do it how we want to do it, it'll be a pretty cool little, uh, little program. That we not bad do. at all. And so for our seltzer program, mm-hmm. 
what we've done so far is we've partnered with a local urban farm here called McLaughlin Grows Urban Farm. Yeah. Um, they're located about two blocks away from my actual house, <clears throat> so there's about as local as you can get. Yeah. It's about as fresh as you can get when we get stuff from them, um, but we use all of their what they grow in our seltzers. Okay. And so this seltzer that you guys are trying right now is the first in that series, and that is uh, fermented on a whole bunch of uh, fresh mint from them. So locally sourced and used in the, the, your beers here. That's totally, awesome. yeah. So we, we call ourselves a farmhouse brewery, um, but being in the middle of an urban environment, we don't really have the opportunity to have an actual farm uh, yet. Yeah. Um, uh. Not, not yet. <laughs> um, but uh, so we, we want to partner with local farmers as much as we can to kind of provide that part of the business that we can do ourselves. Yeah, you can definitely yeah. taste the mint through that. Yeah, and it's very good. You know, they, they, they uh, harvest it for us and have it to us that day. So it's about as fresh as you can oh. possibly get. Uh, and it's grown in Muskegon soil. So we think okay. that that represents, you know, you know um, as subtle as that may be, you know, we think you're always getting the flavor of Muskegon when you're, when you're, um, drinking something with stuff that was grown in Muskegon, you know. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yep, so that's our seltzer. Um, but that's also gluten-free, right? That would be gluten-free. We don't say that it's gluten-free just because it's produced in a facility with a whole lot of gluten in it. Right. Um, and I don't want, I don't, I would, I would, I don't want to label something gluten-free if there is the chance that there are There's, trace mm-hmm. amounts of gluten in it somewhere gotcha. along the line. No. Uh, but, but from what we know, it's 100% gluten-free. Gotcha. Um, it is a fermentation that consists of sugar, um, dextrose to be specific, and um, uh, wine yeast. Okay. And that's it. We add a little bit of uh, lime puree about halfway through fermentation to help it finish out. It gives it a little bit no- more nutrients to that wine yeast, mm-hmm. um, which it needs because it's fermented with such a simple sugar. Um, helps us to finish that fermentation out. And... Um, and so we, we get a, a pretty much all the way fermented, and then we'll condition it on other things after fermentation is finished, um, which some would call secondary fermentation there. Okay. Yeah. And right now we have um, the second iteration of that, which also has the mint, but this time also has locally grown cucumber as well as um, local raspberries from that same farm there at McLaughlin Rose. Oh, I bet that's good. Yeah, and we try to go as refreshing as possible with these seltzers. I think that's what the name yeah. of the game is for those. You know, people... If you're drinking a seltzer, you want something that's a little bit lighter in nature, you know, something that's not going to weigh you down, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, so we can now move on to the actual beer here. Awesome. Uh, which we'll do, uh, I'll say let's do the Keep Muskegon Funky next. Keep Muskegon Funky. I like it. Keep Muskegon Funky is by far our most complex beer that we have on draft right now, but it is also probably the next in the line as far as... Uh, low intensity of flavors mm-hmm. it's a very uh easy drinking beer if you're not looking to really dive into the mm. the complexity and the subtleties of it um but if you are it's also a very very complex beer it's um it's an open fermented wild saison uh, fermented open in the mesquican air here um what is what's all in this so that is a base of uh, pilsner malt and then uh wheat is okay. what the grain is for it. There's a very small amount of uh, local Chinook hops in it, uh, in the kettle. Once it leaves the fermenter, it's uh, co-fermented with um, a blend of uh, a blend of a uh, Belgian saison and a French saison yeast strain. Okay. Um, and then it's also conditioned on a whole bunch of different strains of Pretendomyces. 
um, and probably some lactobacillus and pediococcus, whatever might else kind of get in there um, okay. as it's fermenting open. You know, we let that we left that tank open with some cheesecloth covering it for about uh, a month, and then we covered it back up after after primary fermentation had finished off. Okay. Um, but yeah, we think that that beer, or I think that that beer, really, um, expresses Muskegon's kind of, uh, you know, microflora here and all that kind of stuff. Um, and by the way, we're sitting in front of a uh, mural that says "Keep Muskegon Funky." Yeah, yeah. So "Keep Muskegon Funky" is a little bit of an ethos for us here. You know, it's something that we um, we wanted to name this beer specifically that because we think it represents Muskegon um, on a biological level with with the natural bacteria and yeast that exists in the air here, but yeah. then we also think it ex- represents Muskegon in the way that it's an incredibly complex beer, um, just like the city here is. It's a complex city. Yeah. yeah, it's a complex city, but, we, really but, we, um, but we find that we would like to promote the, com- the complexity of the city. Um, and so we say that it's an ethos because we, we as, a, as a business, try to promote all of the things that make Muskegon what it is and not just being a, another lake town, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's an incredibly diverse and bubbling art scene here. The music scene, which has been um, propped up, I think, in many ways by a really brilliant company. Um, I think that they've really helped to foster the music scene here in Muskegon over the years. And so we always like to thank them for what they've done in that way. Um, but, you know, and so we just think that um, our, our mission here beyond making the best beer that we can possibly make is to represent Muskegon um, for all the complexities that it has, you know, and, and, uh, and do our best in that, you know. So Yeah, that's great. And who, who painted that mural? Uh, the muralist that did this, his name is uh, Hubenal Rodriguez. Okay. We call him Hube for short. Um, he's a very prolific muralist here in Muskegon. Uh, he's done a lot of work around town and... Uh, the guy pretty much has single-handedly uh, painted most of Muskegon. That's <laughs> Not awesome. most of it, but he does a lot of work, and he does a lot of very good work. And uh, and um, we were very excited to partner with him on this project. That's cool. Now, with this Keep Muskegon Funky beer, that's a beer that screams to me a dinner beer. Like, I'm going to sit down with a pizza and drink that beer. 100%. Um, yeah, I think that um, that beer is incredibly versatile. You know, you could yeah. you could sit down and eat it with pizza, and you could also sit down and eat it with a you know a four course four course farm to table meal at a high end restaurant. You Absolutely, know? and it will fit in with either of those things. Uh, the other day, you had posted uh, a, a great picture of you eating this amazing pizza. Yeah, <laughs> and tell us a little bit about that pizza. Yeah, so that pizza, uh, it comes from our friends at Rolling Stone Wood-Fired Pizza Oven, or not oven, but Rolling Stone Wood-Fired Pizza is the name of their business. Um, okay. They had been a food truck in Muskegon for the last couple years, um, and they used to always set up at the farmer's market on Saturdays, which is where I began my relationship with them, okay. was because I was basically a fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, I was there every, every single Saturday getting this pizza that they had, um... And it's, to me, it's one of the best pizzas I've ever had in my life. It's a breakfast pizza with, um, they call it the crust and gravy. It's got, they, they have a house-made uh, gravy that they use as the sauce for it. They make uh, their own sauces that they crumble and put up on, on it. Mm. Then they, they fry an egg on it and put a fried egg with oh a runny gosh. yolk on the top of the pizza with, you know, whatever else uh, might go on top of that. I think, you know, some freshly shaved Parmesan, yeah. that type of stuff. But it was a... Uh, 
it was a mind-blowing experience for me because <laughs> these dudes made this this pizza that's probably one of the best pizzas I ever had in this little in this little Food mobile truck. wood-fired pizza oven yeah outside of a farmer's market you know and to me I was like man these guys this is some real stuff you know this is some really cool stuff here and so um, I kept going back and always trying their pizzas and they they do a really good cool job of um, always their special pizza always features what's in season from the market here okay. in town they only exist as a business between you know in the summer months for the most part wow. and so their specialties are always whatever happens to be uh, in season at that time or what's just been harvested you know which I really really appreciate you know I think it's a great way to do a specials list and um, but that specific pizza, I can talk about these guys forever because, like I said, I'm a fanboy of them. Yeah. Uh, they probably think I'm weird or something like that, how much I go there. Um, but so uh, we always wanted to partner with them. We wanted to have food trucks here. Um, but since we have other restaurants in our building, we're not uh, permitted to do that right. basically right now. Um, and so we've always been trying to find a way to partner with them or work with them on different things. And we finally were talking to them and just said, let's, let's just do a pairing and let people do the legwork of actually going to get the pizza for themselves. Yeah. Um, and so what we decided to do is every Wednesday we do a pizza pairing with them where they have their specialty pizza with whatever in-season veggies that might happen to have at the time. Um, last week was a taco pizza. It looked amazing. It was wild. It was definitely the most um, out there pizza I think I've had from them. Yeah. But as always, they completely killed it. It had, you know, it had like beans was the sauce. Hmm. I guess, you know, if you want to say that it was yeah. sauce, but it was like yeah. refried beans is the sauce. Um, they have their own, they do all of their own meat. So they smoke it themselves or they cook it themselves, whatever it might be. Um, so whatever, I don't know what type of meat was on it. Um, but then everything else to make an American taco. Uh, and it was it was amazing. They did like their own little house fried little tortilla strips. All this stuff was a, it was a great pizza. Um, and then we partnered that or we paired that with a margarita flavored Slurpee. Yep. Uh, and it was awesome. It brought a whole bunch of people out on a Wednesday. And uh, it smart was really, idea. Yeah, it was really cool. To, <laughs> it was really cool to see people kind of um, take that idea and yeah. decide, hey, we're gonna do that, you know. And, they're about a half mile away, so it's not the easiest thing for people to do, but it's also not a hard thing to do either. So, so go get um, the pizza first, then head back here. Go get the pizza, head back. Yeah, we're working on trying to figure out a little bit of a delivery system with them on, on Wednesdays, mm-hmm. uh, but we're just going to do a couple of weeks of kind of gauging interest okay. um, before we really dive into that. But after the first sure. week, we can already tell it's going to be a pretty cool little program that we do here. Well, um, next week, we already have uh, kind of figured out. I don't have it on my end, but they're doing a lemon pepper chicken pizza. Mm with all sorts of amazing stuff on it um and i fully believe that it's going to be the next favorite pizza of, of mine yeah I'm, I'm glad i brought it up it sounds like the the craft pizza to go with the craft brewery 100 percent. that's a perfect pairing. i'm so well, glad that you guys are doing that 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 it just makes perfect sense yeah we really appreciate the way that they approach their businesses and um as uh, I say the word intentional a lot, and I think that those guys are very intentional in what they do as far as um, their pizzas, um, how they make them. They, they ferment their own pizza dough. Wow. Mm. It's, a, it's their own pizza dough recipe. That have you guys been, have you guys tried it before? Not no, yet, but I know what I'm. Got to go there. Tonight. Yeah, <laughs> you got to go there. It's, it will, it will be one of your new favorite pizza places. I can guarantee you that. Um, but it's they they ferment their own pizza dough, which I really respect. You know, they're not buying pizza dough from Gordon Food Service and throwing it on, you know. It's the process. Yeah. Um, and then they just, they, they treat their pizza with a lot of respect. And so we, uh, 
we and that's how we like to treat our beer, you know. So we wanted to partner with the like-minded individuals. You know? That's so, awesome. All right. Well, I mean, you guys check it out, Rolling Stone Pizza. Yeah, I mean, go get some. I sh- I'm sure they have a Facebook page. Yeah, yep, they have a Facebook page, okay. Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, all right. yeah. And a big shout out to Rocky and Charlie over there. You guys are uh, doing some great stuff and helping to keep Muskegon funky here. Cool. For sure. Yeah. All right. Back to the beer. Back to it. Where are we at? Number three. Uh, so number three, we'll go with, um, we'll actually go with Definite Reckoning, which is a double IPA, double dry hopped. Uh, and I should, I should also note that all these beers are raw in style, uh, which means that we don't mm. boil them. Which is a lot different. Which is something that might be different from a lot of the other brews that you've been to. Um, so this is a raw double IPA, which is then uh, double dry hopped with uh, Haller Tower Blanc and Citra hops, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, it's a very light on the on the tongue. You know, it doesn't really linger for too long. For an almost eight percent beer, it's incredibly oh. crushable, but also has a big pop of you know hop flavors to it. That's good. really good. Yeah, it is. Yep, that was a beer uh, we actually made. We made a rate coming out of quarantine. It was inspired by a Run the Jewels song. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Run the Jewels. Um, I'm not. Rap, it's a rap group uh, with Killer Mike and uh, LP. But but it was inspired by that song during a lot of the unrest that was happening and yeah. stuff like that. Okay. And, um, and it was kind of a, a beer that we made during that time. And so we have a label that reflects that. The name reflects it. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I like that beer a lot. Definitely Reckoning. Definitely Reckoning, yeah. Okay. From Zach De La Roca's verse and, uh, and, their, and their album there. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's been a, a good beer. You know, we, um, as I was telling you guys earlier when we were walking around, uh, our sour beer and our IPAs are kind of our two things that we tend to focus on here. And so anytime we put a double IPA, it instantly shoots to the top of the, you know, of the sales list for us. Yep. Um, and so that was incredibly popular, um, and it's done really well for us. The can sold out pretty quickly, and now it's only on draft, you know. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I bet. Okay. So our fourth beer up. So for the fourth beer, we'll go to the Small Worlds. That's uh, what I've been drink- drinking. That's what over. you've already been drinking. Yeah. So you've already you've already tried it. Um, Small Worlds is one of my favorite beers. It's one of the beers, one of the few beers that we've actually brought yeah. back. Um, for the most part, a lot of the times, if it's not a core beer for us, we don't bring it back. Usually, yeah. um, it's a one and done type of thing. We like to constantly be rotating through beers. Yeah. We like to always be trying new things, trying new styles, trying new hop combinations, that kind of stuff. Um, but this beer was, uh, I personally enjoyed it so much the first time we made it. Um, and so did a lot of our customers asking for it to come back and specifically in cans that we decided to make it again Yeah, um, it's a four and a half percent session IPA That has you know the flavor of a nine percent double IPA. I think yeah, it's not yeah, bad. It oh, it's good uh, Good stuff uh, Conditioned on a whole bunch of uh, just a, a very wide variety of hops uh, You got Citra, Amarillo um, I believe we had some Michigan grown Chinook grown right up here in Whitehall um, We had some I don't know, a bunch of other stuff in there. And then it was also conditioned on uh, a whole bunch of peaches as well. Um, the peach, I think, I always tell people who are interested that it's not a peach beer. The yeah, peaches, you can't really taste the peach. Yeah, the peach is kind of a backing flavor, I think, and it helps like to... mellows um, it? It kind of mellows it to me. And my, <coughs> what I think of it is that it helps to also bolster the mouthfeel a little bit. 
that makes a, a smaller beer. One of the biggest issues with the smaller beer is getting that mouthfeel so it doesn't taste or feel like water. You know, you want it to have a little bit more um, gumption to it or whatever there. And I, we, thunk, we think that the peaches really help to add to the mouthfeel. Bring it out. Yeah, along with, uh, you know, brewing it in the raw style and all the oats and wheat that we use, brewing it as well. Um, Definitely yeah, a pretty so good beer. Yeah, that's one of my favorite beers that we make here. Um, I... Uh, if I'm drinking beer, I tend to err on the side of a session beer just because I'm around it so often. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like to have a session beer that also has a lot of flavor. You know, I don't think that you need to. Um, I don't think that you need to sacrifice flavor for alcohol percentage. You know, so. No. But we do notice that our higher ABV beers do sell better than our lower ABV beers, with the exception of this beer, which is kind of cool. You know, so. That's definitely it top three right there yeah i'm i'm liking that beer a lot. oh man well i'm really glad to hear it uh i'm not gonna say it's my all-day beer yet but that's coming all right so all right let me know when it gets there okay all right <laughs> we'll send a couple uh, four packs or something so where are we at now uh so up next we'll actually take a little bit of a detour and go to the s'more purgatory Ooh, which okay uh, okay this i'm excited for. yeah which this beer actually will probably be a little bit better than uh, now right. that it's warmed up a little bit um so I'm this is <laughs> yeah you can have that one yeah I don't want your nose in my beer pad. It's so this is an imperial a raw imperial stout um, brewed with a whole bunch of midnight wheat to give it the color give it the chocolate you know a little bit of the chocolate roasted flavors there wow also brewed with a whole bunch of wheat and oats in the mash to help bolster a little bit uh, bigger mouthfeel I'll trust you on that one yeah <laughs> uh, fermented with the house uh, or fermented with one of our favorite. Uh, farmhouse yeast strains that's a very clean farmhouse yeast strain yeah uh, so it tastes more like a regular american beer um this strain specific was isolated from another one of our favorite farmhouse yeast that is a collection of other of a, other yeast basically so hornendal kvike which is something we use a lot in our beer okay. um is a collection is a group of other of kvike yeast basically the yeast that we used for this was isolated from that group of yeast Okay. Uh, we work we we work with a very cool and cutting edge yeast lab out of Chicago called Omega. That was going to be my next question. Yep, Omega Yeast Lab. Th- those guys, um, and I really don't even know them. I've never really talked to anybody there yeah. or anything like that. But we've used their yeast exclusively since we've started. Okay. And we've had nothing but um, I, I I don't know if success is the right word because that implies that we did the right thing, but. Um, we've had nothing but uh, we've been very impressed with yeah. everything that we've got from them. And they continue to push brown boundaries and find these new cool yeast strains. We um, specifically don't use anything, any yeast that has not been isolated from a farm somewhere. Okay. Right. And that's why we call ourselves a farmhouse brewery. But we don't like to let that lock us into only farmhouse beers in, st- in taste. Yep. And so we're always trying to find, you know, with this beer, I was trying to find a yeast that more closely resembled an American ale yeast that was clean and let the actual beer and adjuncts in the beer uh, do the talking instead of the yeast being front and center with something like funk, Keep Mystique and Funky, where the yeast in that is what gives you all of the flavor. Yeah. In this, the grain and the adjuncts that we add to this beer give you all the flavor from that. Uh, so it's a imperial raw imperial stout. Um, that we then conditioned on um, about 100 pounds of crushed graham crackers, about 100 pounds of marshmallows that we toasted in-house, yeah. and then about 10 gallons of uh, Dutch chocolate syrup. That is so good. Yeah, we talked about that one in the 
Yeah, yep. yeah. During our tour, yeah. um, man, that that is a a good heavy dessert beer. Totally, and and uh, it's something that we always, I you know we struggle. I don't necessarily drink a lot of dark beer, but for whatever reason, it's just not something I um, <coughs> gravitate towards. gravitate towards. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of the time we'll have a lot of our customers that are like, can you guys make some dark, a dark beer or some dark beer? We want to come here, but you don't have anything like that. Yeah. And so um, my goal is always to make those dark beers, but make them in a style that I'm proud of and, um, and with adjuncts that we're proud of. Um, you know, I was talking to you guys earlier about how we have a, um, we have a, um, a mission here basically to never use, ad, um, to never use extracts or uh, artificial flavorings in any of our beers. And so uh, when we do stuff like this, we use whole graham crackers, we use, uh, you know, real marshmallows, real chocolate yeah. syrup, all that kind of stuff. That kind of blew um, us away when you were like, oh yeah, we just went out and bought some graham crackers and crushed them <laughs> up. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Am, I gonna, am I gonna get like floaties in my beer? No, it's, but, you, yeah. no, but like, it's possible, you could. I mean, and that's another thing that we have, uh, that, that we really like our beer is that it's not filtered in any way possible, in any way. Yeah. There's absolutely no filtration in any of our beer, um, so it's possible that you will get a floaty in your beer sometimes, hey. and that's part of the experience. Yeah, that, you know, like a craft beer, like it's. You get a graham cracker. You yeah. get a graham cracker. It's a little snack with your beer. Yeah. Get a little s'more. <laughs> you need a, a flaming marshmallow on top. Of yeah, that, yeah. Sir. We have a. So my illustrator actually did a really cool illustration for this beer. Um, but we ended up uh, holding off on uh, we're going to do a bourbon barrel aged ver- version of this beer in the winter and so we're holding off on making labels for it until then okay um, but it's really cool he he like drew a, a skeleton with the the bonfire was actually in his chest okay. and he was like the, the marshmallow was like on a skewer that was coming out of his out of his skull roasting over it it was really it's wild the guy's got a he's got a pretty messed up mind I think uh, that beer's going to kill this winter Oh, yeah, yeah, we're excited about that for yeah. sure. We've got a bunch of uh, bourbon barrels from Coppercraft Distillery. There you go. Uh, you know, I can see it. Uh, I can see it being a warm, warm beer. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's one of those beers. Like for me, I don't, I'm not really drinking it right now because it's too. It's too hot out. It's too hot. But it's we have a lot of people beer, that yeah. they come in. That's the only beer that they get here. What's the name of that again? That is uh, some more purgatory. Some more purgatory. I love that name. Sweet yeah. name. So we have uh, purgatory is our basically our base imperial stout. How do you guys come up with your names of beers? I'm always interested in that. Uh, we um, basically um, uh, whatever sounds cool. <laughs> Okay. No, but we uh, we try to be pretty uh, intentional with our names as well, and so we want it to always sound cool. We want it to be something that draws attention to it. Um, a lot of our names come from uh, music or poetry, literature. Um, it, we have a lot of different inspirations here, and uh, we try to represent those inspirations. So, if, so Small Worlds, uh, for instance, is from a Mac Miller song, actually. Yeah. It was, um, and it was one of our favorite songs. For a lot of our employees here, and we um, like the idea of small of people how people live in their own small world yeah. or whatever you know. And so uh, we made a label to kind of represent that. Um, definitely, like I said, definitely reckoning comes from a, a line in a song. Um, Sun Talk is inspired by the name of an album I really liked last year uh, by Mavi. Um, what else? Keep Muskegon funky is just kind of inspired by like the Keep Portland weird, Keep Austin weird, those kind of uh, mm-hmm. things. Um, 
that's pretty much it. And yeah, we just try to like like to you know use our inspiration to make something that draws attention to it. Okay, know? that's really cool. I thought Small World had something to do with Disney. Disney, <laughs> I really thought it was maybe like, it does. Okay, you know, Pat. I, I really thought like you had a great a small experience. World after all, yeah. At Disney World, small world, world, I do. Yeah. You know, I went to Disney World. Like, maybe it's subconsciously, just there, you know. Um, yeah, that's a big stretch from uh, Mac Miller. R.I.P. Right? <laughs> yeah. Mac Miller. Yeah, rest in peace. Um, but yeah, we we really enjoyed his his um, the album that he put out, and so a lot of we had a we had a really popular IPA called Circles. Okay. That was inspired by the idea of you know life moving in circles and all that kind of stuff, and and he also had uh, I think I think he might have had an album named that his posthumous album. That and that was just kind of a weird coincidence because it came out after we named that beer that you know oh, that's crazy. Um, but it's inspired. I have a lot of inspiration by Eastern religions and that kind of stuff. You know? Okay. And so uh, it's something I'm very interested in, and something I like to kind of force on people. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So all right, moving on from S'more Purgatory, we go to. Uh, so S'more Purgatory was that. Next up is going to be another. Pretty, pretty uh, left turn here. So this is Sun Talk. Sun Talk. Which is our number one seller right now, currently. Uh, it is an Imperial Raw Sour Saison conditioned on just a stupid amount of uh, strawberry, mango, and raspberry. Okay. Um, it's a pretty straightforward beer. It tastes like f- fruit. <laughs> tastes like jam, you know, to me. Definitely. It tastes like someone's grandma's homemade jam. But it's also, you know, really close to nine percent too. So it's a heavy hitter of a it's beer. Close to nine percent. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We made this beer as a as coming out of quarantine, which it's weird. That that's just like a, wow. a reference for people now, just to say, oh, we're coming out. Of, you know, quarantine yeah. is a thing that happened now. Um, but yeah, so we made this beer coming out of that as something that we would want to drink outside on a hot day, specifically maybe around a fire at night when you can have a little stronger beer. You know, summer talk. That is uh, a bonfire talk. beer. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Sun talk. Sun talk, yeah. I said summer talk, sun talk. Sun talk. Sun talk, I love it. Yes. Uh, so that that's that beer. It's a raw it's a raw saison. A lot of our a lot of our beers stem from the, the same uh, from the same grain pro grain bill, grain profile. Yeah. So um, a lot of our beers stem stem from pretty much a fifty percent Pilsner. 25% oats, 25% wheat is the grain bill for pretty much everything that Got you. Uh, we do sour and also our IPAs as well. I'm a sour um, fan myself. So. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. You're in the right spot. Yeah, sour yeah, so is right on my alley. Kind of, is kind of what we uh, specialize in. We don't really have a lot of sours on right now, which is kind of indicative of the fact that those sell quicker than the others. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I'm just going back through and tasting other the beers we've already tried because Pat is more of a seltzer good. fan. <laughs> He's more of a seltzer guy himself. He's mm-hmm. seltzer guy. White up, white it's, claw guy. It's, you know. it's pretty refreshing. <laughs> hey man, if you have one of those on a beach on a hot day, yeah. and you tell me it's not refreshing. I'll tell you you're a liar. Yeah. You know yeah. Fresh out of the cooler. People can be as tough yeah. as they want and say they don't like seltzers. It's funny because man, I see a lot of I see a lot of guys with like those little six packs of uh, white claw. I'm yeah. like, okay. And, and what we saw White is that, fan. you know, there's a lot of, um, in my opinion, a lot of these brewers, a lot of brewers are too proud to make styles that they deem unworthy. Yeah. That's silly. And my thing is, you know, you have this, you have this, it's a brand new thing, basically, for the alcohol yeah. industry. Not now, but it was when it, when White Claws came out. Right. That has completely taken the industry by storm. If yeah. you're going to ignore that, you're allowing yourself to be irrelevant in a, in a whole part of the market, you know. 
And it's something that I also think about with our juice beers, which have become synonymous with the name Rake Beer Project. Um, what was this juice that I've been drinking? That um, that was uh, Bleep Juice, I believe, which is Blackberry. <laughs> bleep Juice. Bleep Juice. <laughs> that was Blackberry. That's a sweet name. Apple and strawberry, I believe. Um, and so the juice beer, I don't know if you guys want to dive into this, but the juice beer has been something that... Um, we did prior to the quarantine. We never yeah. really saw ourselves canning it. Um, but once quarantine hit, we knew we had to kind of pull out the stops to yeah. make ourselves relevant to get us through it. And we didn't. We wanted to go through quarantine without laying anybody off, uh, without having to have our employees take a hit and pay. And so what we did was we, we basically went and found what our most popular thing was before we closed down, which was our juice beers, which uh, to us, a juice beer, is uh, we have a golden sour base, which is about a six, six and a half percent golden sour uh, fermented with a uh, French Saison yeast strain, co-fermented with, uh, or also has lactobacillus in it, so it's a sour. Um, and then from there, we'll take that and we'll blend it back with fresh root puree. Um, and what it does is it makes basically a smoothie. And okay. um, they are incredibly popular for us. They're uh, they're really fun for us to work on. They help us work on different uh, flavor profiles and figuring out which fruits go together well. Uh, but it's something that I never really anticipated myself being known for, or the company that I own being known for. Um, but it's a huge it's a huge burgeoning new style. Yeah. And um, a lot of people are uh, a lot of people are hesitant to make them or can them for certain reasons but i think a lot of people a lot of this pride that brewers have about yeah. not making styles that they don't deem as like a worthy style um which i think is um which i think is um i don't want to say foolish because everybody has their own right to their opinion and stuff like I that think it's short-sighted yeah but if you don't want to make something that people want to buy and then you then you don't have the then yeah you, you just brew it for yourself at the end of the day totally yeah yeah, yeah. and i don't drink I personally don't drink juice beer for all that often because it's not something I prefer. Yeah. But it's something that I can fill that cooler in there with ten cases of it today, and they'll be gone tomorrow. Yeah, that's what the people want. You know, yeah. and so if I was to decide not to do that, I would I would consider myself a fool, and my partners would probably think the same. You know? <laughs> right. Um, and so it's weird. It's there's a lot of things that we've learned as far as. Um, as far as matching up to what our customers want. And, and we always want to be proud of what we make, but we always always do want to offer whatever people want at the time. Oh, yeah. yeah and we always want to change with that, you know, and, and kind of keep up with those with those things. So stay relevant, you know. I really like that. I'm glad to hear the it. The juice. Uh, the bleep. Yeah, they're... Um, bleep juice. I think they're really approachable. We have a lot of people that will come in here that are that are not craft beer fans they're just kind of out drinking with their friends or whatever it might be and they're you know they're oh i don't like beer i'll just have the seltzer i'll have you know yeah and it's like well try this i bet you've never had a beer that tries that tastes like this yeah or has fruit pulp in it when you drink it yeah <laughs> you that's know? a cool thing like there's a lot of fruit pulp in you this. can see it yeah settling out um and then they try it and it's like a whole new experience for them and so then we get to be the place that that uh you know gave them this new experience and then they come back to us you know yeah. often because of it and uh so then someone who would never spend money on craft beer is now at our bar four times a week getting this beer heck yeah you know and so we've, we've 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 found a way to to kind of 
get everybody involved. Yeah, I feel comfortable with making that style. There you go. All right, and finally we have. Oh, uh, the last one was a Slurpee, but it looks like it's not too slurp. It's, it's not too. Uh, it's all right. Not too frozen anymore. Yeah. I'm still excited to try this. <laughs> so this, I don't know what the name of this one is. With uh, with these beers, we just come up with the stupidest thing we can think of. Brewery Brothers. That's a brew. That's called Brewery Brothers. Uh, that's it. Brewery slushy. Brothers slushy. Yep. There you go. Uh, so this is actually uh, we do our Slurpees, um, which is essentially just a frozen beer. Oh my gosh. Or so a yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a, is that a sour like deal or? This is actually uh, base. The base of this is a hard seltzer. Okay. Yep. And so it's a hard seltzer base. You can with, fill it in your throat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's really the the base liquid doesn't give much flavor, so it yeah. lets the fruit that's in it shine. And so this is also made the same way we do our juice beer, uh, where we're blending back with fresh fruit puree. Okay. Uh, or fruit juice, or sometimes we'll. Um, you know, we've got a bunch of pie kind of themed ones where we'll actually condition the juice on cinnamon and vanilla beans and that kind of stuff and then blend it back. And, it, you know, it's all, you know, um, the possibilities are endless. Do you have vegetables in that at all? I There's can, no vegetables in that. I thought I can taste like uh, like a cucumber or like I think I could, something like that yeah. in it. Something is in there. It might, well, that one has, um, I want to say that one's kiwi and mango. That's probably what it is. Yeah, space, space Miwi is the name That's of it. That's what it is, the Kiwi. Yeah, Kiwi Mango. Um, and it's a really, it's, a, it's, it's pretty hard good. not to drink during the summer, you know. Yeah. Dude, um, I could wake up and blend that. And, like, that's here, we go, here we go. Here we go. That's fruit. my morning beer. It's your food for the day. Is right he can there. drink it all day. Can you drink that all day, Pat? Uh, I could drink that half. That's a morning beer. Okay. That's my so that's a morning beer. beer. We got the morning beer. We got the dessert beer. We have the dinner. Where's this? No. Where this is the dinner. Funky dinner beer. Yeah, dinner beer. So you got three different ones. Yeah. yeah. I'm drinking Small World all day. That's it. Okay. That's what I like to hear. Small, small World is good. Yeah, that's a solid one. Yeah, long. Yeah, I got yeah, hooked know, up so, with some of that at the beginning of the day. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah so we're, we we, uh, we think it's cool that we have, like, all these wild, crazy, kind of silly things that we do, like the juice beer, the slurp. Yeah. But then we also think that our, our actual real beer is can put it up there with anybody you know absolutely you know so um so we like to spread it out you know have a little bit of everything you know yeah you're definitely known for like the slurp the slurps and the um the sours yeah, yeah that's totally. what that's what you're known for yeah and that's yeah. why uh we were comfortable coming into muskegon because there was nobody really doing this nobody here. you know our good friends speciation in grand rapids yeah um shout out to mitch adam todd the whole crew out there um they're doing it. We saw how successful they were. Yeah. Um, and we said, you know, let's 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 do that, but let's do it in Muskegon where it doesn't really exist, and let's also put our own twist on it. You know, they do all wild. Everything they do is wild, barrel fermented for the most part. Okay. Uh, or barrel conditioned, I should say, or fermented. Um, and ours are a little bit different in the way that they're not wild. For okay. a lot of our sour beers are, are actually still generally clean, which means that they don't have Brettanomyces or wild yeast in them, but okay. they do have lactobacillus in them, which makes them sour, you know. And gotcha. they have a live culture of lactobacillus. They're not kettle sours. Okay. Um, so it's a little bit different, and we, you know, we've, we've had a really good time, you know, finding our niche here, you know, and finding kind of where we fit into the culture. Yeah. Um, and that kind of stuff, you know. Just take advantage of it, man. Keep rolling. I mean, this is definitely uh, quite an experience that we've had so far and I mean one thing that I've noticed especially in this in this uh, brew scene 
a lot of these uh, breweries they use their their local uh, products. Yeah. They try to stay lo- as local as possible, and I mean, you're doing the same thing, so totally. Yeah. Yeah, I think for us, it's. Um, I don't know how. I don't know how effective it is in getting like an actual flavor out of a local product, but yeah. to us, it's more about supporting that local Definitely. farm. Definitely. Or supporting. Um, and there is something to be said about terroir, but I don't know how much different a cucumber grown in Muskegon is versus a cucumber grown in yeah. uh, California, you know, right. whatever it might be. But it's about supporting that farm. It's about um, the freshness of it, you know. That Keep it going. Of, you know, so, um, yeah, we, we, try to, we try to use local as much as possible. Um, and, and, and it's worked out pretty well for us so far. We've, we've gotten a lot of really cool um, relationships with... with that farm specifically, McLaughlin Grows, which is a nonprofit farm. Okay. Um, you know, we've gotten a really cool relationship with them that we've been really happy about. And, yeah. Uh, we've worked with the other farms as well, but that one specifically, we've, we've really had a great time with. You know, so. And that's right in line with what we're trying to do. We're trying to like promote all of our our local breweries, the the people that were hardest hit by what we just came through. What are we going through? Yeah, yeah, still in it, man. Currently, it's, it's not, not over. over. Yeah, I wish it was. And Definitely. You know, we just wanna we wanna hype up Muskegon, the Lakeshore, and you know, keep everyone like safe and healthy, happy. Yeah. And like, this is just a happy place. That's what we shoot for. You know, so. we uh, we spend a lot of time, a lot of money, and and uh, all these plants that we have out here. Oh yeah, it's beautiful be, out here. This is a like a great spot. beer garden. Yeah, we, we were we were very excited about it, and this was this this outdoor space was was one of the main things that drew us to this location um, because we knew we wanted to have a massive outdoor space. You know, this breeze is ridiculous too, man. Yeah. It's like ninety degrees, but this breeze is like keeping us cool. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, great. It's not bad at all. And we have a lot of shade out here too, yeah. which is nice. We don't have to have umbrellas and stuff like that. You know, we're sitting midday outside right now and we're in total shade you know which is kind of yeah. cool so yeah when we first came to visit i didn't think i didn't know this was all back here like i yeah. thought it was cut off right there and then come back a little further it's like a it just opens up big patio yeah, yeah some people don't even know we're back here yeah <laughs> yeah true, like a hidden true garden yeah it's like a little hidden and we kind of like that idea you know that you gotta kind of know we're here to come find us you know like, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of stuff word of mouth type of thing word of mouth yeah, but right. i think after this episode man i'm pretty sure you're gonna have some new guests i hope so coming man. to check we, it out we, uh, <laughs> we appreciate you guys coming out big time and appreciate what you're doing to shed the light on you know local local breweries and right. businesses festivals that kind of stuff um yeah, it's always good, you know. So, you actually utilize this space for a lot more than just, you know, go sit on our patio, yeah, yep. take out. What all do you do out here? Yeah, we do uh, We do quite a bit of stuff. Uh, this summer, specifically, it's been a great partnership with Dan, Dan the Yoga Man, Dan Bonner, um, formerly of uh, Root Down Yoga. Um, and he's been doing yoga, teaching yoga classes out here twice a week, every Thursday night, every Saturday morning. Okay. And that's been really great. Um, he's been, um, he's got quite a following. So he fills this entire space out here with people. You know, obviously six foot apart, safe social distance. Um, but he fills it out here with people that then come and they see how cool of a spot we've got here. And, uh, and we always want to promote, you know, we want to promote more of a lifestyle than just beer. Health and wellness. Health and wellness. Yeah. Yeah. And shedding a light on the fact that um, 
there's there's more to Muskegon than what a lot of people outside of Muskegon think of it. And um, so we do a hiking club, which is one of my favorite things that we do. You know, we we want we have a lot of people that come here from out of town, and so we want if they're going to come in on a, a day that we have a hiking club, we'd love to show them our favorite part of, of Muskegon, yeah. or one of our favorite parts, which is, you know, we, we do a new trail every time. That's awesome. And we always try to make it like a, a, a very medium difficulty level, so anybody can come do it with us. We okay. got kids that come, we got grandmas that come, grandpas, moms, dads, everybody. Maybe. What do you guys usually go for hiking? Uh, we, we used to do it every Thursday, or every other Thursday. Um, we actually have a guy who, um, he's like our hiking guide, and he goes out beforehand, scouts out a trail for us. Okay. Uh, he's in between jobs right now, so he's, we're, we've been kind of on a bit of a hiatus with that. Um, but we should be starting back up here in about a week or two. Okay. Um, and I think it's going to end up being on every other Monday at that point. Um, but that's just a cool thing that we were able to kind of do. And it's it's a good way to um, to get people involved. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, to, to meet people. And and it's like a little social club that we have, you know. And we do a lot of stuff like that. We partnered with um, the coffee roaster up here on different beach cleanups. You know, we do a lot of stuff with them in that realm. They're this coffee roaster is awesome in the way that they're mm-hmm. incredibly focused on uh, sustainability and that kind of stuff. So they show us the way in a lot of that. And they, they include us in these beach cleanups that they do, um, you know, these different things that they do in the community to promote sustainability and, you know, cleaning up our waterfront, cleaning up our neighborhoods. We do cleanups around downtown and areas mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily given a lot of attention. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so we've been... We've been really lucky to be a part of that and have them be a part of what we do, um, and, it, and I think it just kind of it kind of um, lends itself to creating an atmosphere of you know health and wellness and promoting positivity and that yeah. kind of stuff. So you guys are actually in the community. We we yeah we were in the community okay. and um, and we take a lot of pride in that. I, I grew up in a family that my you know my dad and mom both were were heavily involved in the community growing up here in Muskegon. Okay. Uh, my dad was a fireman his entire life. My mom owns a small business. Um, but they both also did, I mean, in the summer, all my memories in the summer of going to help them volunteer at certain things, different events, events festivals, yeah. that kind of stuff. And um, I always remember the, the, the feeling of going out and helping in the community and then coming home and being like, oh, well, that was a fun day, but it was also a positive because I was help, you know, helping to put something on. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. And nothing so that's like always it. been something that's always stuck with me that uh, we continue to strive to be yeah. good at, do, you know, doing that kind of stuff, you know. So I think, I think you guys are doing, like, a, a great job with, you know, helping Muskegon to grow to well, be a you. better city. And we're lucky that we get to kind of come in, you know, we... We recognize that someone like Pigeon Hill and Unruly, those those guys really, they set the foundation for what we're doing here. Yeah. You know, they came in and invested in a town that nobody invested in at that time. And they opened up businesses in, in parts of town that a lot of people would never even come to. Yep. And um, them taking those moves, them doing those things and... Set the path. Set the path. And I think that they've set the path for the entire downtown Muskegon. Oh, yeah. You know, I think that... Um, I think that the, what those guys did really helped other businesses get a foothold down here, you know. And For so sure. we're glad that we get to just come in. So I'll give them all props all day. They're awesome guys. They're incredibly involved in the community, you know. And so there's a great culture of that. We're not the only business that tries to do this stuff. Yeah, you're doing your thing too, man. Give yourself some a pat on the back for that too, <laughs> well, man. So, yeah. So, yeah. Cheers to you, man. <laughs>
Appreciate it, man. Cheers to Rake. Appreciate it. So yeah, we we took a you gave us a nice tour of your your facility. It's super nice, super clean. Um, you don't we, go to lie to him. No, <laughs> no, it's definitely definitely no, it's super kidding. nice, man. I like it. It's uh, it's low tech, but in like a good way, yeah. not a cheap cutting corners way. Yeah, I really like. It's that. intentional. Intentional, yeah. yeah. We and like I was telling you guys, uh, we pride ourselves on making what we think is world-class beer on uh, very minimal um, and inexpensive equipment. You yeah. know, we don't have millions of dollars worth of equipment. We didn't have a million dollars to start this place. Yeah, right. We scraped by, we're, you know, I'm incredible. I come from a middle-class background and we want to always represent that and what we're doing, but we always want to not use that as a reason to say, oh, we can't make good beer because we don't have expensive equipment, you know. Um, oh, you guys are making great beer. I mean, like the tables in there, yeah. ridiculously <laughs> yeah we and, nice and that's always you know that's something that we really take a lot of pride in too is that we um any chance that we can we'll make something our own rather than buying it from amazon yeah. or you know some big company we'll, we'd rather we'd rather buy that lumber from a local lumber mill yeah and then yeah. make our own you know make our own tables out of it or whatever it might be and and we had a, a brewer um one of my, my brewer Previously, who I you guys um, I don't know if you guys met him before when you were here. I don't think we did. Uh, Nick, but um, he was an incredibly he came from a boat building background. Okay. And so he was incredibly handy in helping us build all this stuff when we were first getting started. And so uh, yeah. it was great, you know. And uh, and he's he since moved on to um, moving to Europe. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. So we're wishing him the best. And um, yeah. But we appreciate everything that he did with, with building out, with helping us build Yeah, it's really nice in there, man. That's you said that wood was like 100 years old or something like that, right? Some or of that yeah. Wood. Yeah, so we have a bunch of, we, we, uh, we were really lucky to, to partner with um, a business. I don't know if they're even in business anymore or what's going on with them, but they were, uh, their name was Reclaim Source. And what they did was they would go back in and reclaim wood from these old buildings that were being demolished here in town or. Um, if they weren't being demolished, they were vacant, or I don't know how they get it. Yeah. But, right. um, but but our bar is made entirely out of wood from the Shaw Walker factory, which is a which is a historic building here yeah. in Muskegon. Yep. And so we're really glad to have that part of history is now a part of permanent part of our of our business in the bar, you know. Yeah. And not future. even just a regular part; it's the focal point of our tap room, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. The table with the bark on it is amazing to me. Like, how did? Like, I'm just like that's. Yeah, that's nice. Like you got the yeah. bark in there, you got the table. Yeah, that was cool, and that was um, that was kind of a cool thing because we worked with this guy, um, who he uh, his day job was was cutting trees out of people's yards, and he realized, oh, I can if I build this stuff myself, I can I can sell this this these slabs of wood to people because this live edge is so popular right now, and so we uh, we got a bunch of wood from him, a bunch of slabs from him, and uh, as I was picking it up, he's like, dude, I got. I got the biggest slab I've ever had. It's like, I don't know, probably 12 feet long or something like that. Yeah. And maybe four feet wide. And he's like, I need this. This is the coolest thing I've ever cut. I need to be in a place that's going to be displayed for a lot of people to see. So he gave us that piece of wood, mm. which is now another focal part of our tap room. Yeah. And uh, it's, like you said, you know, it's something that draws attention to it. We're able to keep the bark along the outside by just putting a whole bunch of polyurethane on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's been, that was really cool. And that was, uh, you know, we had a lot of delays in getting open. And that was something that we uh, occupied our time with. 
was trying to make cool stuff like that. Yeah, and you can definitely tell there's a lot of a lot of elbow grease in there. Yeah, lots, <laughs> lots of sweat. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, lots of uh, anxiety and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, but we're here now, and now we're in the middle of a global pandemic, so the anxiety is still next, there. <laughs> the next episode on Rake Beer. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, but we're glad we've had a community that supported us through this. Definitely. Yeah, you know, it's been it's been pretty amazing to see the outpouring of support that we've had during the last couple months. Yeah. You know, and, and in general, like, since we've been open, it's been great, but... When we needed people the most, they were there, you know, to help us yeah. out. So you got a new fan in me, man. Appreciate it, man. Big time. You guys as well. Sure. Likewise. Yeah. Um, man, I just thank you for having us come in today. Of course. Um, we're time. super excited. We're going to post this all over our social media. Um, do you have anything in closing that you want to... Um, push I'll push. Uh, I'll push our new beer vibes, which you guys tried out of the tank back there. Oh um, yeah. Um, oh yeah. Which is which? Uh, it's a beer that we've released before, and with a lot of our beers, we co- we call ourselves a progressive farmhouse brewery, and we call us that because of the fact that we're constantly improving. If we made a beer before called Vibes that we loved, but we saw a way to improve on it, mm-hmm. we'll improve on it, and still call that Vibes, you know. So. Uh, we don't like to get stuck in like a certain like we don't want okay that beer yeah. wasn't great so we're just not going to make it again we love the beer but we saw maybe we'll double the fruit next time maybe we'll double the ABB and, or ABV right. <laughs> and okay. uh, make it a like a super imperial sour beer so this one's coming out close to 10% ABV yeah. with about 300 pounds of pink guava and apricot it's good stuff too and it's just an explosion of like fruit tart you know it's really easy to drink you would never know it's 10 percent not at all um and that will be coming out in cans and uh on draft within the next uh week or two here okay be on the lookout for that yeah check out for it it's a great beer where can people find you on social media oh you can find us uh primarily on facebook and instagram that's where we do the most of our okay that's that's where we do all of our social media uh we have a pretty active social media accounts and so if you ever need to get a hold of us, that's that's the way to do it. Or, okay. you know, um, cool. we have a so, website, but it's mostly for beer releases and stuff like that. So the Rake Beer Project on Facebook, what's your Instagram? Uh, that's also just Rake Beer Project. Rake Beer Project? That's yep. awesome. All right. So, uh, yeah, people can write in with questions and comments to Facebook to well, you, Josh, if you have any questions. Yep, and I'm the one that handles all the social media, so if you talk to anybody on there, that is me that you're talking Hands to. Hands on. Hands yeah. on, yes. Uh, you guys can get a hold of us at brewerybrothers231 at gmail.com. Check out our Instagram page. Brewery Brothers Podcast. I never remember it. <laughs> uh, it's hard to keep them all together. We, we'll definitely be posting a lot of pics. Awesome. we got a video coming up today. Um guys if you go on rate and review us on itunes follow us on spotify and the podbean app that'd be super and finally we we like to close every episode with a toast to the yes. brewery. so i can uh i'll start it off since i think last week you did it first okay uh, pain makes you stronger tears make you braver heartbreak makes you wiser and beer makes you not remember any of that crap. <laughs> That's it. Well, I've already got you beat. So, oh, all right. So here's to the rake. We'll see. Rake beer project.
uh, as Pablo Picasso, his last words were, drink to me, who am I to question genius? <laughs> I don't know. I mean. We need you guys to go out there and uh, rate the toast and let us know. Josh, what, what who has your, the best one? What's your shoot from the hip <laughs> oh, that. I don't know I, I had a couple too many beers last night I think for about I might have to send that one into you guys alright we'll take a rain check on yeah, that one I might, to, I might have to message that one to you or something email it to you or something like that alright <laughs> well I think that's going to wrap it up today from the Ray Beer Project thank you Josh yeah, hope you guys keep thriving out here, man. Not just surviving, but thriving. You got it, man. You got a good spot and good thing going on. Just keep it up, man. You got it. Peace.